0: Nathan, what's up, man? We're so, doing Brian De Palma, Scarface. Yeah. You know what that means.
1: Say hello to my little friend. Do you know what a hussar is, Ness? <gasps> it's a pig who don't fly straight. <gasps> and neither do you. Oh, shit! Get back here. Welcome back to Real Talk Podcast, episode 111. I'm your host, Nathan, and I'm joined by the man himself, Matthew Neves, to my left. Thank you, thank you. And today, we are going to be talking about the one and only Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma. I'm so excited that we're going
0: to talk about His filmography. I love Brian De Palma. It's someone that we've mentioned a few times on the podcast, but we never really dived into his films. Aside from talking about how fucking awesome Scarface is.
1: Yeah. Which is a given. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. But his filmography goes deeper than Scarface, for sure. He's got a lot, a lot, a lot of great films, especially in the 80s. And, um, I I mean, kind of one of these directors that got lost in time. Yeah, yeah.
0: He was he was there with Spielberg, Lucas, uh, Coppola, Scorsese. He was he was part of that group. That's right. He was, and And he was one of the first to like get introduced by a lot of people. Like he was the one that uh, met Robert De Niro. Yeah, he was in one of his earliest films back in the sixties, which was yeah one of
1: Brian's shorts. Yeah, yeah. where it's like a weird like kind of.
0: like that kind of French cinema style. Yeah, yeah. very much so. I think it was called like The Wedding Plan or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we didn't watch those films. I think we watched a good chunk of his like iconic ones,
1: though. Yeah, I've seen the ones I I really need to see. Yeah. The rest is like, you know, Brian De Palma could go a little too far sometimes and... Yes. And has some <laughs> premises that I don't really love. No. He definitely has some duds, but man, this guy knows how to make a film, like, fundamentally. Yes. um, his, his, The way he shoots films, like, Mm-hmm. Is is always insane to me the way he uses music in his films yes. are always insane to me, and those are the things I think about when I think about Brian De Palma. How would you describe uh, Brian De Palma's style? I would say like
0: a Hitchcock with a with a little bit of sriracha. Yeah, that makes sense. I, like I don't it. know. How, I don't know how else to describe it other than I that. Like where it's it. just like you know you put in a little bit of spice to it because Hitchcock. I think his interference with the reason why his films are very suspenseful and very intense. But they were made in the '50s and '60s, a time where censorship was very like, right. You can't so. show nudity, you can't really say fucking shit, cunt, you know, all that yeah. shit. So you had to like limit yourself within that. Brian De Palma came from the '70s, dude. Yeah, so he was, was like, like, I can do this, man. He was like,
1: I could do the Hitchcock stuff, but I could show these killings crazy. Yeah. I could show the violence, the nudity, and the
0: yeah. And it was it. like intense, and that's what I really liked about it. And he also commented on the hitchcock's films by making his own similar so like movies like dress to kill body double uh sisters i i I saw sisters that was one of his earliest hitchcock inspirations and you get to see a lot of like the techniques that he was trying to figure out and then by like freaking the 90s and 80s he's just like yeah i know what i'm doing i know how to perfect all this shit. in the 80s he just i think the 80s is his best decade
1: he snapped in the 80s man he like he really snapped in this in the 70s all I've seen really from him is Carrie. Which is good. Yeah. Carrie's Carrie's a Carrie. good
0: movie. I I don't think it's my favorite of his. It's probably the one that like people were like, "Oh, this Brian De Palma guy." Like yeah. studios were like, "All right, let's give this guy some
1: money because it's, guy- it's shocking. It's a yeah. it's it's certainly a shocking film, and to me it has frames and sequences that stick in my head really yeah. well, while the whole film really doesn't stick with me or no. move me. But there, there's like obviously the scene, the epic climax. The climax she, is the best part. She's covered in the blood. Yeah. And it's fucking exciting yeah. and visually scary and like mm-hmm. memorable. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like that is the moment where where people started to turn their heads and and start mm-hmm. to say, damn, Brian Palma, yeah. this guy, this guy's serious. Because once he hit that, his first film to hit
0: the 80s was Dress to Kill, which is like a very Hitchcock inspired, like uh, yeah. I, I think it's like basically think psycho but in the 80s which i i fuck with you know michael kane's in it like uh it's a nice twist at the end but right after that film because that film got su- successful he does Blowout with travolta because he
1: worked with him on carrie he does Blowout with which travolta which i saw for the first time yes and man i've been thinking about this film so much Blowout is so good. Like, yeah. It's way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, I wanted to watch this movie because of Quentin Tarantino, actually. Yeah. He's got this famous video of him uh, walking around video archives, the mm-hmm. store he used to work at. Yeah. And I think it's like right after Reservoir Dogs came out. Mm-hmm. And he and they ask him his three Desert Island movies. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember the first one he says, but then he says, he says Blowout. And yeah. And he says, because he thinks it's Brian De Palma's best film. Yeah and um and then he says taxi driver as well. Yeah. Um so he was praising Blowout in that film. He was saying it's a near perfect film and and it's Brian De Palma's best and mm-hmm. and John Travolta gives a crazy performance and yeah. this is I mean obviously the reason why he later cast Travolta oh, in, yeah. in Pulp Fiction. I think if Blowout wasn't made, Travolta does not get Pulp Fiction 100%. Yeah, guaranteed. And that
0: was kind of like his revived performance he he came back from that yeah from a lot of duds that he was making during that time but it's funny that you mentioned tarantino because i saw the de palma documentary that he did and there was a very profound thing that de palma says at the very end where it's like a director's highlights in age the best films you're gonna make are in your 30s 40s and 50s and he's like i'm telling you that now because nobody remembers hitchcock's films after he passed 60 yeah nobody's gonna say the birds is better than rear window and i'm thinking like who else said that? Who else said that? Once you reach a certain age and a certain amount of films, that uh, you're kind of done as a filmmaker.
1: That's how Quentin Tarantino. feels. Yeah, because he's he loves De Palma. De Palma is literally this guy's number one influence. Like, yeah, there's even another video where he talks about like a De Palma release was like mm-hmm. he would go fanboy. See, yeah, he was fanboying. He was seeing the earliest showing. Then he would go see the yeah. midnight showing. Then he would go see it again. And right, and he just really, really anticipated De Palma's releases and. And I think has a lot of similar philosophies with him, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of inspiration with some of the violence and gore and shocking stuff that Tarantino did. I yep. think he got that watching De Palma films in the '80s. Oh, absolutely, and that's the thing too
0: is like the '80s showcased De Palma where he got a good amount of money to do what the fuck he wanted. I know, and for the most part, it wasn't censored. The studios didn't really they didn't bat they tried to, but he was like, Nah, man, I'm doing my own thing. So you get like the untouchables which i feel like it's crazy that's a, that's such a great fucking movie to do yeah. like he he worked with de niro again he got to work with a lot of great actors and performers yeah to cap off the 80s with untouchables is like
1: or when does untouchables come out Sorry. 87 his last yeah.
0: film was casualties of war which was oh, like casualties the film war. that he wanted to do because right. he's also very political in his like opinion on the uh, vietnam war and yes, stuff like for that sure. like yeah america was fucking terrible they poisoned so many people during that era and casualties of war for him was like his baby so. quentin
1: Tarantino has been quoted saying that casualties of war is the best vietnam film ever made wow <laughs> yeah, he, that is he said that
0: damn
1: i'm like oh, apocalypse now exists but apocalypse okay. now platoon <laughs> yeah. but you
0: know what i mean that's his opinion man if he's a diploma head like he is. that is the vietnam De Palma film you're gonna fucking watch so Wait, i don't I, blame him. i want to
1: go back to blow out i want to start yes. in the beginning of the 80s of course because wow this movie blew me away it's one of the best movies about making movies i've ever seen yes and, and has like when brian uh, when when um sorry travolta travolta yeah. is recording that boom audio for yeah. the film so the premise is that he he's like a audio uh editor yeah sound guy Uh, sound guy for for like really shitty low-budget films yeah and he's out recording some stuff in the park and witnesses this murder essentially Mm -hmm. and gets the audio of it because he's only recording on like a boom mic yeah and then pieces together the audio with the pictures the way those sequences happen yeah but when this this particular scene when he's reliving the accident Mm -hmm. and he sits down and he puts his headphones on yeah and he's holding this pencil like he was holding the boom mic and he's moving it around and where he the way brian de palma uses the audio it i was like my mouth was on the floor bro i was like so floored by that i had Mm -hmm. never seen something so the way it was working and the way he was cutting between the pencil, the real audio, mm-hmm. and using the it, it, it was so perfect to me, yeah, and it's one of those scenes that like, wow, he just that's mastery of film. like that's that's beautiful storytelling. It's so good because it
0: it brings it back to the very end of the movie and how the audio is the significant part at the very end with her screaming and stuff like yeah. that. yeah, and the i I will always think of that shot where he's like holding her, and the fireworks are in the oh background and the music's playing, and he's like crying, and he's like, yeah, man, this ain't a happy ending. This is like, it's a tragedy.
1: It's a beautiful tragedy, to man. To me, it's a, it's a near-perfect film. Yeah. Like, it, the way that film is constructed, the beats it hits, the way it uses that audio, it's amazing. My only critique of this film, I gave this film four and a half stars, Ooh. and I would have gave it five stars, is, um, what is the girl's name who's cast? Who oh, Karen, Karen Allen? Brian De Palma's wife yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. She's not a good actress in this film. And I wrote down here of my notes. If Jodie Foster's in this film, it's five stars. Yeah. Like if they cast another like female from that era who's yeah. like who like a like a really strong like female lead. Yeah. In that movie, I think it, it would have been a five-star film. I yeah. think that the Palma casting is wife. He's done was that. not the best choice, and I know it's something he's done he's, before. He did that for Dress to
0: Kill with Karen Allen. as yeah. well I think um, fucking Raising Kane. That was his second wife. She was in that one too. So, yeah, directors do that sometimes. And to unfortunately, me at
1: times her performance was was kind of annoying. Yeah and just wasn't co- contrasting Travolta's amazing performance. He's so good at it. He's like, he's so that's the thing. He's it. so good in it that she kind of sticks out Compared
0: to, me. to like the roles he did for Grease and like Saturday Night Fever, this blows it out. Literally blow out. <laughs> it awesome. blows it out of the fucking and water, And even the supporting man. characters, the
1: pimp guy that she like. Yeah. Bro, he's
0: so good. John Lithgow. Yeah, so, yeah. Lithgow's great. People forget Lithgow's been in a good amount of De Palma films. That's right. He's yeah. great as a fucking villain, dude. Oh, man. It works He's so well. He's
1: menacing in that film. Yeah. Super super cold menacing performance. Mm-hmm. And then the ending. The ending you're just like Yeah. I literally was sitting there watching I was just like this. Yeah. Until the end of the credits I didn't move. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I how did I not think that that was going to happen at the end? It's like almost so obvious when it happens, yeah. but so beautifully like caps mm. off this tragedy." Yeah. That's a good scream. It's it's such a good scream. And the way travolta delivers that line yeah. like so broken yeah it's a good the music too
0: the music oh man God. you can't
1: God. i i just yeah it's, I, a, it's a near perfect film like t- to me that's one if you're you're getting into film or you're studying film this yeah. is a film you study the yeah. camera work that's the first time a Palma's ever used steadicam and he like yeah. literally masters it the first time he's ever used it. It's great. I think it's the Garrett Brown was the uh, Steadicam
0: operator. So like the only films he did aside from that, the first film was Rocky.
1: Right. The infamous yeah. Rocky steps. The and then it was Kubrick, invented for that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then Kubrick was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Can you do that for The Shining? So he did that that's for The right. Shining. With ja- and then that's when De Palma was like, all right, let's see how good this is. And it's
1: fucking amazing. It's like amazing. some of the best examples of Steadicam work. Yeah. And the way the camera is used in that film, Blowout is... What a way to start off the 80s. And yeah, this is man. De Palma uh, it, getting to the height of his powers and really showing off his filmmaking oh, abilities man. from here on. Because the two years after Blowout, we get Scarface. Yeah. And this is one of the most important films of my whole life. It's a top five film for me all time. Yeah. And... Um, i I love scarface i feel like the meme kind of takes away yes this is a big thing i want to talk about with scarface no of course the meme of like it becoming (laughs) so pop culture say hello to my little friend yeah and like i don't know became like rap hip-hop culture it became it just became like such a meme yeah that i think it takes away from how good this film really is Mm -hmm. like and how good Pacino really is in this film yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: I feel like this—it's both a blessing and a curse, in my opinion, with De Palma, where Scarface is like—it's arguably his most iconic film. Yeah, you know, you can't—I can't think of much. Uh, like people are like, "Oh, what about Carrie Blow?" And it's like, dude, Scarface. No, everyone fucking knows Scarface five-year-old say say hello to my little friend like yeah. a five-year-old doesn't watch the movie but they fucking know Scarface so how many
1: times has that been quoted in film in music tv shows like yeah it's one of the most referenced films of all time I, it's i think it suffers similar to taxi driver
0: where the culture of people are like misinterpreting why these characters are the way they are yeah you shouldn't be looking up to tony montana no <laughs> let's let's be real guys like i i think we've established uh specific films like fight club and and drive and stuff yeah. where it's just like there's there is this there is this demographic of people who are like yeah i'm fucking cool man i'm like tony Montana. i'm gonna smoke the cigar right. i got my hot tub man right. and it's just like do you know how he fucking he he dies in the end right the film the <laughs> film yeah he is, dies he's like high on coke this
1: film like most gangster films ends in tragic consequences yeah like the gangster films are supposed a good gangster film ends in a tragedy That's exactly how it works and this is no different yeah but i think the reason that it's so memeable and like in that culture is because of al and yeah. the way al yeah. gives personality and likability to a a, a a piece of shit like tony yeah. montana yeah mm-hmm is the reason why it's so memorable yeah. and because of the way the story's told as a a come up story. Yes. Tony Montana comes from absolutely nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And people say Al's performance might be a little over the top at times or whatever, but I argue that it's not because I argue that imagine this guy who comes from the slums of Cuba. Mm-hmm. Comes to America, yeah, and really does figure out a way to live the American dream, even if it's not a legal way. No, yeah. Even if he's killing people because oh, of yeah. it and doing these horrendous things, mm-hmm. he finds a way to live that American dream and literally has money and access to things that he's never even seen in in his childhood. Yeah. And De Palma does a, a great way of of staging that that progression of Tony. Yeah. It's there's it, one scene I think about. This is a real subtle thing in yeah. that film. Um, when he goes to Colombia, mm-hmm. When When Tony he, he makes it clear He's like No I'm going I'm going And yeah. you know Omar's like Oh I'll go for you And he's like No I'm going <laughs> I'm going Right Yeah And when he meets with uh, Sosa Yeah In Colombia, And there's this scene Where they're, they're sitting oh, the there water? Waiting for him And they bring the water Yes <laughs> the, the bowl with the lemon Yeah and Tony looks at it and eats the lemon yeah. from the bowl where you're just supposed to wash your hands with. Right. And to me, that's like a subtle detail that makes this film so good. It's like that's exactly what that character would do. Yeah. He's never seen that in his life, he comes from nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, subtle things like that and subtle ad-libs and things that Al does mm-hmm. that makes that character so iconic and likable. With, with Pacino's performance in Scarface, and I fully
0: agree with that. All those scenes that he did, like, little details like that. But also people saying, like, oh, it's a little over the top. I always think about, like, what was he like in Godfather? And then, like, after Godfather 2, like, a mere nine years later, he gets a performance like this fucking day and night. Yeah, Literally fucking you get the godfather with its dark shadows it's very dim yeah and you see a character that's more tragic and more quiet but it's,
1: it's a they're a different film so different this and is the a flashy is gangster. So,
0: yes miami yeah it's God, fucking,
1: the godfather is not a
0: flashy gangster film no and i think that's what i liked with what de palma said he's like i looked at oliver stone's script which by the way oliver stone wrote the script de palma yeah. directed it pacino starred in it dude that's like the fucking trio, man. Yeah. Like you can't get better than that. That's like with Scorsese and Paul Schrader and uh, Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver. It's like how can you? It's so fucking good, and I love the fact that this isn't like other gangster films. This is like back when like Miami Vice was starting up. It's like this was like the color colorful gangster era. Yeah, and I love that.
1: Yeah, and it's still in this era where you get these great, this great supporting cast of like old school oh, character so actors. Good. Uh, the guy who plays Omar is so good. The guy who plays Frank Lopez, yeah. uh, even Stephen Bowers, Manny. Yeah, man. like that's an iconic role. You got some uh, and, Breaking Bad people. And in how, this ex- film. how excited do you get when you see when you see Manny back in in, in Breaking Bad? And also you <laughs> yeah, get um, what's his
0: name? The late, uh, he recently passed away. The guy. Um... Oh, what's his name?
1: Oh, Mark Mark Margolis. Mark Margolis, Yeah,
0: yeah, he was in it.
1: Salamanca. Salamanca. That's Salamanca. Right. Salamanca, Salamanca. Yeah.
0: But that's what I mean. Like it, it it takes a lot of these performances. And also, like Michelle Pfeiffer is in it. She's like twenty five and and she, she kills it. Yeah. She's fucking amazing in it. It was one of her earliest roles and
1: like she handles it really well because like Pacino is a big star. Yeah. Her character is so important in this film to give Al that likability. Mm-hmm. and some some of the, the Al's best acting, I think, is when he's interacting with yeah. her. Uh when he's buying the Porsche. Oh my god. That's like one of the best scenes ever. When he's buying that Porsche, you're like, do you like it? Do you like this? Or when, when I- he or when he's waiting outside in the Cadillac, it's like he looks back at it. <laughs> he looks back at it, it's like, what? It's a Cadillac. Cadillac. <laughs> okay let's Uh, move on for Scarface because I was going to talk about it all fucking day let's let's
0: go into because I think we've talked a good amount about the 80s I mean like I I do want to talk briefly about Body Double oh Body
1: Double we both saw this one so this one is
0: so De Palma. You asked me what other De Palma film you need to see. Because we're like, okay, we got Mission Impossible. That's yeah, that's De Palma. Yeah. I've seen that. Untouchables, Blowout, Carrie, Scarface, Carly yeah. Way. What else? And I'm like, dude, Body Double. Body Double. And I want to know your thoughts. This
1: one's real De Palma. This one's a weird one. I'm not going to lie. It's yep. about a little peeping Tom. Yep. guy who's watching this girl through this window mm-hmm. and then eventually gets invested in this girl's life and starts following her around and these crazy events start happening. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a wild one. There's some... (laughs) <laughs> There's some wild twists, and I'll say yeah. it's like a wild ride. But the way it's shot is incredible yeah. with these really long shots. Like these, you feel like as an audience member, you're peeping in on some shit you shouldn't be watching at right. times. Yeah, and and Brian De Palma does that really effectively. Mm-hmm. That's a real. That's a real cool one for me. Like body double was the one
0: similar to blowout, where instead of being a sound guy. It's a creepy fucking actor that has always been getting the side parts his whole career, and now he's got the main one. That's what I feel like the movie's about and how he struggles through, like, can I do this? Can I overcome my fears? Can I do all that shit? And it uses inspiration from Vertigo, Psycho, Rear Window and makes a fucking Hitchcock-inspired De Palma film from the 80s. And
1: And it works. That main character, this guy is a twisted, broken, struggling actor. like literally goes crazy falling into this girl's life essentially and it's a really cool character study and it's shot really well keeps you engaged the whole time yeah um it's wild at times it's not one i would say play in your living room while you got family over no not that kind of movie (laughs) but uh it's a really crazy one it's a real
0: memorable one as well it fucking rocks Fucking rocks. Um, You know what? Let's go into a couple more De Palma films and then we can do some questionnaires because the sad reality with De Palma is like, once you look at his 80s films and 90s films and a little bit of his 70s, That's, the 2000s, he's yeah. kind of right when it comes to like his age because it's just like, I saw Femme Fatale with Rebecca Romijn and Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas and it's like, it's De Palma, but it, it, it gets a little sloppy. Right. And then his other films, they look sloppier and it's just like, you know it, it they're not as good as his as his 90s and 80s but you know what we're still going to remember the good ones yeah um, i mean
1: i can't believe like he directed mission impossible people forget that shit yeah that's like, his biggest film he, this guy did mission impossible that's brian de palma who started that a franchise that's still going it's
0: still going that's still, going. still like, going you know what i mean it's still yeah.
1: going that's pretty nuts. 1996, he does. Pretty impressive awesome. stuff.
0: Another one in the 90s, Carlito's Way. We can talk briefly about that. Carlito's Way is
1: so good. It's yeah. it's, it's one of those outperformances where... You know, people say Al in the 80s and 90s started to get a little too over the top. And to me, Carlito's way is is one of these nuanced, great Al performances. Yeah. And it's a reason why I don't buy that shit. I think Al no. has great performances in every decade, and this is one of them. Yeah,
0: because Carlito's way is not like Scarface. No. He's way more sympathetic, and it's way more tragic. Yeah. And the fact that Brian De Palma had the fucking balls to be like, you know what? Beginning of the movie is the end of the movie. Yeah, and I'm gonna show you guys that, and you're gonna. I know. I'm like,
1: and he does it to perfection because by the time you're back, you, by the time you go through that ride, <sighs> and you're back at the end, you almost forget. Yeah, it almost comes as a surprise, like a twist, even Very though you much. saw it already. And it is much more tragic because it's not like Tony Montana, where he's embracing this gangster lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's really a man who has paid for for the gangster lifestyle he used to live. Yeah, comes out of prison and is trying to like get his life together he's trying Mm -hmm. to build up some money so that he can go clean yeah and just get away from all that all of the the mistakes he made in his in his younger past Mm -hmm. and it's it's tragic because it's like one of those stories of like you just once you're in you can't get out yeah and these unfortunate circumstances lead him to 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 being back into that life. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it so much because of the fact
0: that it is different from his previous role working with De Palma. It is so much more different than Donnie Brasco. Because that's the thing too. Al was still doing gangster films, but it wasn't the same fucking shit. It was always something different. It was always a different performance. And
1: with that one, it's like... you can't get and the anybody. supporting cast, like Sean Penn as Kleinfeld, like yeah. unbelievable. He's yeah. like a GTA Vice City character in it's that. Great. It's great. He's like so amazing. Young John Leguizamo. As yeah. Benny, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Oh, <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, Luis Guzman, a great, great. supporting character there. He's such a good character actor in those earlier oh, films. Oh, he's man. amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. This is a real special film. Mm-hmm. Can you please do the impression of
0: the guy? Who- <laughs> Which one? Are you talking about Viggo Mortensen? All right, Viggo Mortensen is in Carlito's way. So this is what it is. he's like, you know. Carlito, man. <laughs> That's the best scene ever. Fuck, man, I can't walk. I can't fuck. Go ahead and shoot me, cocksucker. And then Pacino's like. I ain't gonna kill you. <laughs> that is one Get of the... Get the fuck out of here.
1: That scene makes me laugh so much. It's so good, much, man. And he's so sweaty and nervous.
0: You wired? <laughs> you fucking yeah. cocksucker. You wired? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Vigo Mortensen did it, but that one scene, man... That one scene, he's a character actor that's and he incredible. fucking nails it. Yeah. Um. I'm. I, that's the thing too with Brian De Palma films. I love his films, but man, there are too many actors in his films that I can quote and do impressions. Like we could go Tony Montana all day, but I guarantee yeah. you, we're gonna say that in the skit already. So instead, let's do some questions for each other. Yeah. Let's I do got some. some questions for you, Nathan. You got some questions for me. Do you want to go first? Let's get them done. Yeah. Fucking a, I'm gonna go first. All right. De Palma or Coppola? Mmm. You know the sad reality is I love De Palma, I love his style, but when when Coppola like hits, he hits better
1: than almost anybody. It's ever. like a Muhammad Ali it, it, knockout. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it it really is. Yeah, I think De Palma has more films that I like. Yes, but Coppola has better films. Yeah, like, Coppola is less but hits way yeah, harder. Exactly. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. For that reason, I think I have to pick Coppola as well. Okay, I'll do. I'll go next. Uh, Carlito's Way or Scarface. For me, it's, it's Scarface. Yeah. Which, man, I saw Scarface maybe in grade six or seven. Like, oh man, You're young! I, man. I must have seen it twenty times at least already. <laughs> uh, it's one of those films that's so important to me and and important in my me falling in love with films. So it's it's Scarface. Yeah, top five all time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um,
0: you already asked the question of how are you described a De Palma's style, but I like the other question you got there.
1: Oh, if you were to recast the role of Tony Montana, I can't picture anybody in this role who would you cast? You know what? If if
0: if they had to remake it, because I heard that they're remaking Scarface, which I fucking hate. Please never do. But please. if you are, get a competent director, and mm, I love Pedro Pascal, man. Oh, my God. I love Pedro Pascal.
1: Imagine Mandalorian snorting rails of coke. I would fuck
0: <laughs> with that so hard. And no, I'm not just saying it because Narcos, all right? I'm right. saying it because I like him as an actor, and... I want I want a different. I could see it. I want a different environment with Scarface because yeah. the original thirty Scarface
1: was like Paul Muni Scarface. Yeah. was not uh, a no. Cuban story at all.
0: Yeah, the Cuban story works for that. You got to do something different with the next one, but I just don't make it. That's the real answer. Yeah. Uh my other question for you: most underrated De Palma film. What is a De Palma film that you rarely hear about that should be heard more? So
1: of? originally. I think it's Carlito's way. I have a lot of praise for Carlito's way. Mm -hmm. But when I saw Blowout, I'm like, oh, this is the one. Yeah, this is like technically maybe his best film. I'm not gonna lie; like it's it's damn near perfect. Yeah, and um and, and people don't talk about that film. Ahead. No, no, like even even when you talk about Travolta, you gotta talk about yeah, Polo, and people really don't. So
0: if, if not his best performance, it's
1: one of his best. Yeah, I think it's easily the his underrated uh gem masterpiece. Yeah, and if you're a De Palma
0: hardcore fan, or if you've seen a good amount of films from him, and you're like, hey, what's this guy like? What else has he done? Stuff I highly recommend watching the De Palma documentary directed by noah bomback
1: oh yes great. fully
0: recommend it all it is That's is great. just De palma sitting down talking about every single one of his films one by one from the 60s up until his last film he made recently and
1: covering every single one i yeah. love it and it's it's fascinating that the time he was doing this stuff the 80s that it, he came up in such an exciting time and got to work with some of the greatest actors of all time so it's fascinating if you're if you're interested in De palma i definitely recommend watching that documentary fucking a Thank you for watching this episode of the Real Talk Podcast. What we want to know is, what is your favorite Brian De Palma film? Yeah, let us man. know in the comments. Is it Scarface? Is it Blowout? Is it Carlito's Way? Is it Untouchables? He's yeah. got lots. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, let us know. Don't forget to leave a like, comment, and subscribe to your boys. We'll catch you in the next one, man. Take care. Wash your hair. Peace. <laughs>